So back in the 1960s, my paternal grandparents started a church in the Oak Cliff neighborhood of Dallas. My grandfather was a Presbyterian pastor, and he was uh, recruited by the local presbytery there to come into the community and start this church from scratch. Now, I've said before, and I'll say it again, that I think that being a church planter is one of the most difficult tasks in ministry. It's just very, very hard. And I think it was especially hard for my grandparents because there was really no particular plan in place. There was no sponsoring local congregation. Um, back then, they used what they called the parachute drop model. They would just drop a pastor into a community and say, go now, therefore, and start a church. God bless you, be with you, good luck with that. And that's what happened to my grandparents. So they, they moved into Oak Cliff, and they rented a tiny little apartment, and then soon after that, my grandfather began knocking on doors, you know, just inviting people to come and be part of this new church. What's incredible to me, friends, is that with God's help, it worked. They were able to do it. They were able to bring together a bunch of people to start this little Presbyterian church, and they were even able to build a small church building. Um, but beyond that, one of the things that's always amazed me is that many of the people that came together to form that church were not initially Presbyterian. They, they came from all different religious backgrounds, all different walks of life to form that one church. Now, years later, I was talking to my grandmother about this, and y'all, I wish you could have known my grandmother. Um, she was a very plain-spoken sort of person, you know, sort of a tell-it-like-it-is sort of person. And I, I said to her, you know, I, I think it's so wonderful that you were able to start that church from scratch. I know that had to be so much work for you guys. And she said, well, it was a lot of work. But really, Holly, it was a matter of prayer and potlucks. And I've never forgotten that. Prayer, absolutely, right? But potlucks were very important too. I think she understood, my grandfather did too, that, that when you eat together, when you share a meal, that can turn strangers into friends. That table fellowship is a very, very powerful thing. I mean, think about it. Many of the important moments of our lives we mark by sharing a meal with other people, right? Many times, first dates are a shared meal. When we celebrate our birthday, what do we do? We share cake with other people, right? When a couple gets married, that often involves a meal. And when someone dies, well, here in the South, you can just about count upon a neighbor appearing on your front porch with a ham because everybody needs to eat. You see, friends, for us human beings, eating and drinking is more than just a way to nourish our bodies. Sharing table fellowship, well, it's a, a sacred thing, a, a spiritual thing for us. When we share a meal with other people, we remember that we are not so much alone. When we engage in table fellowship, we are reminded that when it gets right down to it, as human beings, friends, we are all one. And that's what this World Communion Sunday is really all about, remembering our oneness. You see that the church around the world takes this one Sunday each year to remember that we have more in common than we do different. That when we come together around this table to share the Lord's Supper, that we are bound together 
by the love of Jesus Christ. As we share Holy Communion together this morning, it's important for us to remember that we are going to do that along with 2.7 billion other Christians around the world. 2.7 billion of us will share this holy meal today. And friends, that, that is a powerful witness, is it not? A powerful witness to unity and oneness. And God knows we need it today, don't we? Especially today we do. We seem to be living in this time where so many have taken it upon themselves to point out our differences regularly, to divide us, to draw lines in the sand between people, to divide us, to even tear down the body of Christ. There are people who spend almost all their time, it seems, talking about other brothers and sisters in Christ in terms of us and them. To the point, friends, where we can forget that when it comes right down to it, we are all on the same team. One of my dearest friends in ministry, another Methodist pastor, tells a story about a woman who came to see him about joining his church. She said that she was really struggling with it because if she joined the church, she was going to be coming from another religion. And he said, wow, you know, I'm really glad that you came to see me because joining the church is a serious thing, but changing religions, well, that's a big thing in your life. If you don't mind me asking, what religion are you practicing right now? And she said, Baptist. (laughs) Friends, she had so taken in the idea that Methodists and Baptists, these two denominations were so different that she was at a point where she believed that those were two different faiths. And she's not alone in that. Many of us, many of us have listened to these voices of division and, oh my goodness, friends, we can get to a point that we forget that ultimately, always, we worship the same Lord. So today, World Communion Sunday, it's good. Today is good. It is so needed. It is a powerful thing for us to remember today that we join together around this table as one. It's an important and powerful thing today to remember our unity in Christ Jesus as we come to his table I love the way the Apostle Paul talks about it in our text this morning. He says, there is one cup of blessing which we bless. One cup. One cup of blessing which we bless. Today we remember that we share in our one faith. For there is one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And friends, our oneness it was very important to Jesus. He hoped for that. He longed for our oneness. He even prayed for that right before he died. Do you remember that? Before he went to the cross, Jesus prayed that we would all be one as he was one with the Father. So I don't think it's that surprising that when it came to remembering him and experiencing his grace anew that He asked us to do that through a meal, table fellowship. When he gathered with his disciples in that upper room for a final Passover feast, 
We don't know exactly what was running through his mind, but I think we can guess. Surely he was wondering what he should say to his disciples, these people that he loved so much, when he knew that he was going to go to the cross, that he'd be leaving them. I think, too, he was thinking about all of us and how we might remember him, what he might leave for us so that we could be strengthened and encouraged to carry on in his absence. And, well, he, he could have left a rule book, right? Or a constitution or doctrine or dogma, but he didn't. No, instead, he, he chose to inaugurate the gospel feast. He asked us, his followers, through the ages to come around the table for fellowship, for a holy meal. And he assured us that in that we would know our oneness with one another and with him. This is my body, which is given for you. This is my blood. This is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. When we come to this table, this one cup of blessing that we bless reminds us that we are all one. We're reminded who we are and whose we are. We're reminded that we share a great love with our brothers and sisters around the world. So, friends, this morning I want to invite you to come to the table, to come to the table as you are, hungry and thirsty for grace, and know that as you do that, 2.7 billion Christians around the world come to the same table just as hungry for grace as you are, and all of us know that our need will be met. Come to the table this morning, will you? And remember who you are and whose you are. Come to the table and remember that you are never, ever in this alone. You are never, ever in this alone. Come to the table this morning and remember that in Christ our Lord, we are one. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for oneness with one another and with you. What great encouragement and strength we derive from our unity as your body, the church. Inspire us, O oh God, to reach out to our brothers and sisters in that spirit of unity and commonality so we may embody your love and continue to build your kingdom in this world. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.